In May of 2012, uh, a 32-carat Burmese ruby and diamond ring was sold at an auction. Uh, Apparently, it was part of the collection of a lady called Lily Safra, who at least was one of the richest women in the world. And the pre-auction estimate for the sale was three to five million dollars. But the final sale price ended up at 6.7 million dollars. And it's believed to be the most expensive ruby ever sold. That just illustrates the preciousness and the value that people put on precious stones, on gold and diamonds and rubies and sapphires and emeralds. But the Bible uh, speaks of a different sort of wealth. Uh, It speaks of a different sort of jewel that we should prize even more highly than diamonds and rubies. Now, the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verses 13 to 15, says this. It says, Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. And over the next uh, few months, God willing, uh, we are going to go mining uh, in this book of Proverbs. Uh, Not for diamonds or emeralds or rubies, but for wisdom. And the riches we will find are not the temporary riches of this world, but the eternal riches of heaven. Uh, But you might say... What is that wealth? Um, The Bible says that wisdom is more precious than rubies and it yields better returns than gold. But you might think, well, how? We understand how rubies can get you wealth because you sell it for money and people want it. And we understand that sort of wealth, don't we? That's a very earthly, physical sort of wealth. But how does wisdom make us wealthy? In what way does wisdom give us better returns than gold? Uh, Gold you can count. You can count the physical value of it and you know what it is worth. But what is wisdom worth? Well, hopefully in this uh, opening Uh, introductory message on this section of Proverbs, Uh, we're going to learn from these opening few verses from 17 to 21 what the value of wisdom is, why wisdom is more precious than rubies, why it yields better returns than gold. And in these opening uh, just five verses, we learn at least three things, Uh, three things about wisdom 
which make it more precious than rubies. Uh, We learn first that it opens our eyes. Wisdom opens our eyes to God. Uh, Secondly, it increases our confidence in the truth. And lastly, it teaches our lips as we communicate with others. Those are the three things. We're going to look at those each in more detail now. Firstly, it opens our eyes to God. That's wisdom. Wisdom opens our eyes to God. It increases our confidence in truth. And it teaches our lips what we communicate with other people. So let's look at the first of those. Wisdom opens our eyes to God. Did you notice what verse 19 says? Well, I'll read from verse 17. It says, Incline your ear and hear the words of the wise and apply your heart to my knowledge. For it is a pleasant thing if you keep them within you. Let them all be fixed upon your lips so that your trust may be in the Lord. The wise person here speaking or writing says, listen to my words, listen to what I am saying so that your trust may be in the Lord. Uh, Now on Easter Sunday uh, 2013, uh, there was a road in the United States that was closed for hours following uh, a massive chain of accidents. Uh, Police later reported that there had been 17 different collisions involving 95 cars and trucks. Uh, The wrecks left three people dead and more than two dozen injured, many of them seriously. Uh, The cause of the accident was people were driving in thick fog and it had descended over the uh, motorway over the road that Sunday afternoon. And a police spokesman said, visibility at the time of this accident was, about, was at about 100 feet or less. And as people continued to drive blindly forward, they could not see the danger ahead until it was too late. And it caused this huge pile-up. And that's quite a good metaphor for life without God. Now, we think we can see quite clearly without him. Because uh, we can see. You can see me. Or I can see you. Um, we think that we have everything we need to walk through life safely and well. But what the Bible teaches are that, is that although we may be able to see physically... Although we might have a mind which thinks, spiritually, naturally, we're blind. We cannot see the best path ahead. It's like, as it were, we are walking through thick fog. But the fog isn't on the outside, it's on the inside, in our hearts. And what the Bible teaches very clearly is that we need God. We need God to open our eyes 
to truth in order to see through the fog of our own understanding. And the Bible calls that faith. Faith is spiritual sight. Uh, What physical sight is to your body, faith is to your soul. And you don't get faith by going to the optician. You get faith by going to God's words. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And as we look at God's word, specifically this morning at the book of Proverbs, we see God's path. We see the way God wants us to live. And if God is gracious, he lifts the fog of our understanding and we can see the right path. Chiefly and primarily, he shows us Jesus. He shows us who Jesus is, what he has done, and why we need him so much. And Jesus, of course, is the ultimate source of wisdom. So you could say the book of Proverbs is a book about Jesus. It shows us how Jesus lived. And the wise man here writing these words he says listen to what i'm saying search diligently my words so that your trust might be in the lord and all the way through the book of proverbs you'll notice if you read it and i encourage you to do so it contrasts two different sorts of wisdom man's wisdom man's understanding and god's wisdom god's understanding It says, if you follow merely man's wisdom, it will end in destruction. But if you follow God's wisdom, it ends in light and in life. Probably one of the most famous verses in Proverbs teaches just that. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your steps. And that's what these verses are saying here. As we gaze at wisdom, as we read the wisdom contained in this book and in the whole Bible, in fact, we gain a trust in God. We listen to him rather than listening simply to our own understanding. That's the first benefit of the book of Proverbs and in the verses we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks It opens our eyes to God. It teaches us to rely on him. It feeds our faith. It opens our eyes to God's perspective. It helps us see through heaven's eyes and not merely through our own. That's the first reason that wisdom is more precious than silver or gold. Because it teaches us to look at life through God's eyes. But there's more. Um, These verses speak of further benefits to these words of wisdom. Uh, Verse 19 says, So that your trust may be in the Lord, I have instructed you today, even you, have I not written to you excellent things of counsels and knowledge that I make make you know the certainty of the words of truth? 
First, wisdom opens our eyes to God, but secondly, it increases our confidence in God and in God's truth. It increases our confidence. Now, there was once a preacher uh, by the name of G. Campbell Morgan. Uh, Some of you may have heard of him. And he was a preacher by the time he was 19 years old. Uh, He was already preaching even as a late teen. But after he started preaching, he was attacked by doubts about the Bible. Uh, The writings of various scientists like Charles Darwin and Thomas Huxley uh, worried him and concerned him. And as he read their books and listened to their debates, he became more and more perplexed. I don't know what you would do if you were in G. Campbell Morgan's position then plagued by doubts and insecurity and not knowing whether what you had been taught was true. Well, this is what G. Campbell Morgan did. He cancelled all preaching engagements. Uh, He put all his books in the cupboard and he locked the door. And he went to the bookstore and he brought a new Bible. And he said to himself this, He said, I am no longer sure that this, the Bible, is what my father claims it to be, the word of God. But of this I am sure, if it be the word of God, and if I come to it with an unprejudiced and an open mind, it will bring assurance to my soul of itself. And he testified as a result, the Bible found me. And he said the new assurance in 1883 gave him the motivation for his preaching and teaching ministry. And he devoted himself to the study and preaching of God's word. He put aside everything else and he said, if God's word is true, then it will speak to me and it will show me its truth of itself. And he testified that the Bible found him. Now, I suggest that is good advice, but I'll just go one step further. Uh, It's implied with what he did, but he didn't say explicitly. Uh, Don't just read the Bible. Uh, Anyone can do that, and many people do. But part of coming to the Bible with an unprejudiced mind and an open mind is being willing to submit to what it says. Uh, Some people read the Bible every day, but they say, hmm, not sure about that bit. Or I'm not sure about that bit. Mm, I can take that bit, but I won't take that bit. And they come at the Bible like a critic, choosing what they want and what they don't. If you come at the Bible that way, you'll never get assurance. Instead, come to the Bible humbly. Listen to what it says. And if you're willing to put into practice what it says, you'll soon discover whether it is true or not. Jesus himself taught that. He said, if anyone's will is to do the will of my father, he will know if my teaching is of God or not. If anyone's will is to do my will. If anyone truly wants to do what my father wants him to do, 
then he will know if my teaching is from him. And this is the second benefit of wisdom, of the words of wisdom we read in this book. Uh, Wisdom authenticates itself. Uh, Just a few weeks ago, do you remember that verse we looked at from Jesus' own words? Uh, Jesus says, wisdom is justified by her children. Wisdom is justified by her children. And that's really just another way of saying the proof is in the pudding. Uh, You can know if something's wise based on the effects that it produces. Uh, Just the other week, uh, I had some uh, milk in the fridge. And uh, the date on it was later than the date it was. Uh, But I poured myself some cereal, took one mouthful, and immediately I knew (laughs) the milk was not good. And I didn't need any further verification. My taste buds told me that that milk was not good. And it's similar to wisdom, but in the opposite way. As we taste and see the Bible, as we put into practice the wisdom we read, we know that it is true. That is the second benefit of feeding off God's word, and in particular the book of Proverbs. Its wisdom authenticates itself. You read and you say, that's true. I know that's true. I've lived that myself. Pride comes before the fall. Uh, I could list a hundred different Proverbs in the book of uh, Proverbs, and you know this is truth. And that's why in these verses it says, verse 20, Have I not written to you excellent things of counsel and knowledge that I may make you know the certainty of the words of truth? If you want confidence in God's words, if you want to be confident about what is true, read and digest the book of Proverbs and it will authenticate itself. That's the second benefit of the wisdom in the Bible. It increases our confidence in God's words. So we've seen so far, it opens our eyes to God. It helps us see things through God's eyes. Secondly, it increases our confidence in God's word. Wisdom helps us to see, to taste and see, that it is true. But thirdly and lastly, it teaches our lips. Look again at verse 20 and 21. It reads, Have I not written to you excellent things of counsel and knowledge, that I may make you know the certainty of the words of truth, that you may answer words of truth, to those who send to you, that you may answer words of truth to those who send to you. Just a few weeks ago, we were finishing our series in First Peter, weren't we? And you might remember what First Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says. First uh, Peter 3:15 says, "Always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you." a reason for the hope that is in you, with meekness and fear. Uh, Peter exhorts us, he encourages us, he commands us, always be ready to give a defence to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean we always have have to have the answer 
to any question anyone asks us. Um, there's often times where we're going to be like, I don't know. I don't know the answer to the question you are asking me. But what Peter is saying is that we need to be always able to explain why we live the way we do. When people ask us, why do you do that and not that? Why do you choose to live that way and not in that way? Uh, Why do you go a different path to what so many other people are choosing to go down? Peter says, always be ready to give an answer for anyone who asks you those sort of questions. And the book of Proverbs teaches us what to say in answer to those questions. For example, uh, perhaps someone notices that you're very careful about the friends that you mix with. Uh, You are very deliberate about how you, you have in your close circle of friends. You don't just go and just mingle with anyone. You choose carefully who your close friends are. And someone might ask you, why do you do that? Why are you choosy? You can respond, Proverbs 13, verse 20. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. The book of Proverbs makes very clear who we mix with, who are our companions and our friends, shapes the way we live and ultimately shapes our destination as well. And the book of Proverbs gives us the words to say to answer people who ask us about it. Perhaps someone asks you, why are you saving yourself for marriage? Um, This is something that many students might come up with at university or at school. And uh, people ask them, why are you saving yourself? Why don't you just sleep around like everyone else? Why are you saving yourself, keeping yourself pure for marriage? Well, such a person can respond with the words of Proverbs 7.23, which teaches that the man who does sleep around, who goes doing whatever their lusts want them to do, is like an ox who goes to the slaughter, or like a bird that rushes into a snare. He does not know that it will cost him his life. The warnings in the book of Proverbs give us an answer when people question the way we live. Or perhaps one asks you, why don't you drive the latest car or get a bigger house or uh, make your life more comfortable? Why don't you use the wealth you have instead of giving it to some obscure organization giving Bibles, I don't know, somewhere other half the world? Why don't you use it to make your life that little bit better? Why don't you upsize? Why aren't you so focused on gaining more wealth and possessions? Such a person, we can respond with Proverbs 11.4. Riches do not profit in the day of wrath. Proverbs 23.5. Riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away like an eagle towards heaven. Uh, Proverbs 27.24. Riches are not forever nor does a crown endure to all generations. 
it's foolish to live for wealth because such things fly away. Uh, Even if you have them for the entirety of your life, they're taken from you at death. Riches do not profit in the day of wrath. Do you see how the book of Proverbs gives us an answer, gives us the words to say, to explain to people why we walk in a way different to so many others? That's the third way the book of wisdom, the book of Proverbs, is precious. More precious than rubies and more to be desired than gold. For those three reasons. Firstly, It opens our eyes to see life through God's perspective. Secondly, it gives us confidence that we are following the right path. It increases our security and um, our confidence in God's words. And lastly, it gives us an answer to say to anyone who questions the way we live. And it's my prayer uh, over the next few weeks as we look at some of these proverbs in chapter 22, 23, and 24, that that will be the effect in our own lives, that our faith in God will deepen, that our security and our confidence will increase, and we will have an answer to give to anyone who asks us because we are delving deep into God's words. And with those thoughts in mind, I've chosen as our final hymn, number 724. And it's a hymn really which picks up on that first point, that wisdom opens up our eyes to God's path, to God's way. It's 724, all the way my saviour leads me. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt his tender mercy who through life has been my guide? Heavenly peace divinest comfort here by faith in him to dwell for i know whatever befall me jesus doeth all things well so we'll stand to sing in closing number 724